Hello, it is Thursday, Thirsty Thursday. We're thirsty for the football. <laughs> and there is a Thursday night game of the night that we'll talk about in depth today, plus some great interviews and a moment, I would assume, where you're going to want to run through a wall. P.J. Fleck of the Minnesota Gophers is joining us today. Rob Ninkovich, Ian Rappaport, according to my sources, and Darius Butler gives you out of luck for tonight's game. Plus more conversation with the boys covering everything happening in the sports world. And we can't thank you enough for letting us penetrate your ear holes. I know there is millions and millions of other things that you could allow into your daily life and your daily schedule. The fact that you allow us into it, we are eternally grateful for. If you enjoy this show, please tell a friend. If you don't like this show, and I can't say this uh, strongly enough, just act like this never fucking happened. Just, you know, like, hey, count it as an hour, hour and a half wasted in your life and just move on and just do your thing. Today's show is brought to you by an incredible company that keeps you looking better whenever you are looking to get rid of the grizzly bear hair that you have on your body. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror right now, and I guarantee you'll see some hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Let me tell you why this Weed Whacker is going to be a gift to my life. I have a massive sniffer. Everybody knows that. Um, my dad says it's from my mom's side because she's German. And my mom says it's from my dad because he has a big nose. So I don't know whose fault it is, but I do know that when my nose runs, the son of a bitch sprints. It is very, very large. Okay. That's just the way it goes. Always has been, always will be. And now that I'm getting a little bit older age, the hair is growing out as if it's like an overhang and it's just dropping down and people are starting to notice it. Mm -hmm. This didn't happen I think I had hair in there always, uh, allegedly. Sure. But boy, now that I'm growing, and it's, you, you can pluck it out, hurts like hell. Oh, yeah. Hurts like, because you run your hands up there, you feel it, it hurts like hell. Mm -hmm. You can try to use like uh, maybe the lawnmower that they have that you're potentially trimming anything, but it's hard to get, even with my big ass nose, it's hard to get in there. It's like you got to kind of find the contour way. around the nostril. Yeah. So the Weed Whacker is a brilliant addition to my life, and I can't wait to try it out, to be honest with you. I cannot wait to try it out. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a, a time to look forward to as opposed to a painful operation or embarrassing operation, delivering maximum confidence while providing incredible hygiene. 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, but they don't want to talk about it. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PATM at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PATM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com, code PATM. What are you waiting for? Go whack that shit. Go whack your weeds. Let's get to the show. In tonight, week three of the 2020 NFL season kicks off. That's right, Thursday Night Football tonight. The game that you've been dreaming about your entire life takes place tonight. The Miami Dolphins travel to Duval County and take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. That means it's magic traveling to mania. Is it Chris Angel, David Blaine, or is it Hulk Hogan? Fitz Magic takes on Minshew Mania for the first time in our entire existence. 
This seems like a game that you could think that Ryan Fitzpatrick would dominate. Short week, primetime television, playing against a team that has surprised a lot of people. This feels like a Fitz magical type of evening. But what have we been saying this entire time? Is Gardner Minshew Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, no. (laughs) Are they the same person? Just different eras, different times. We will find out tonight. We will talk about that as the Jags are currently sitting at minus three at home. Do we think they'll cover? Maybe. Do we think the Dolphins going to get a win? Possibly. We got a lot of great guests today. Rob Ninkovich, former outside linebacker, defensive end for the New England Patriots for a long, long time, will join us in about 21 minutes. In the second hour, we have Ian Rappaport. Rap Papa from the NFL Network Insider. We'll talk to him about all things happening behind closed doors in the NFL, both business and personal, and what we'll be looking forward to this weekend. And in the third hour, A.J. Hawk will be joining us, and Darius Butler. Yes, Darius Butler, who last week gave us a lock on Joey Burrow's overpassing yardage, will give us another one for tonight's game. He He was in the NFL for nine years. He was a corner. He was a safety. He was very good at what he was. He was very, very smart. And he breaks down the tape and he says, hey, this is a lock for the passing yardage. To be honest, we might have cracked the code here mm-hmm. when it comes to prop betting with this dude's big brain. That'll happen in the third hour. Can't wait for that. All the boys are here at Tone Diggs rocking a FanDuel shirt. I assume you're excited for a loaded weekend of gambling that begins tonight at the Jags minus three, Tone Diggs. I am, Pat. It's my favorite thing every week. Um, and everyone's on the Jags tonight. 90% of the money uh i just i don't know that's don't a lot know. yeah i don't know wow 90 of the money is on the jaguars tonight because they've surprised everybody in the dolphins although last year they won some games they weren't supposed to win the defense hasn't completely come together yet is that because they got some new pieces down there probably mm-hmm. will this be the game that they come back and figure it out probably probably a much simpler game plan it's thursday night football short week but also the offense is doing it and they have to they have to face a guy who only had one incompletion <laughs> in Gardner Minshew. Um, B flows down there. Kyle Van Noy's down there in Miami. They're starting to call him the uh, South Beach Patriots yep. or whatever mm-hmm. you guys are calling them. Uh, you have to feel pretty good about watching all the ex-New Englanders fail whenever they go to other places. Big time. Uh, but honestly, I feel great about the Dolphins. I mean, this is Fitz magic, baby. This is prime time magic. You can't go against the heart of a... Plumber. Plumber. And the brain of a Harvard man. Yeah, I mean, you can't go <laughs> in it backwards. <laughs> oh, Lead off I? with the Harvard, mm-hmm. then I set it into the toilet with the plumber. <laughs> didn't go to Harvard, so I you know, yeah, yeah. would mix that up. But you feel good about that. And, and to your point at Boston Connor, Ty Schmidt said, this does feel like a magical evening, or it could be... Minshew Mania. This uh, could be the passing of the baton. It really oh, could be, no. yeah, yeah. Passing oh. of the torch. So, uh, I don't, the, like you said, I mean, who knows? These guys might be the same person. I really hope they just oh. go out and each throw like five touchdowns and have 500 yards. We could very easily see Gardner Minshew take the same career path as Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Win seven to nine games in like 14 different teams. <laughs> but every team you go on, it is not loaded for you to actually succeed. Like if you look at any of the teams that Ryan Fitzpatrick was on, they were just kind of thrown together teams with Ryan Fitzpatrick there. We're trying to either figure out the future or trying to get over the past. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been the fill gap for a lot of people. So a lot of people are like, ah, he only wins an average amount of games. It's like, yeah, but let's also look at the situation. He's not just like, they're not building a team around Ryan no, Fitzpatrick. No. He's been just like, 
like the plug and play guy for a long time and has had a lot of success, mediocre success, also some good success in some places that nobody would ex- uh, expect. Yeah. Last year with the Miami Dolphins, for mm-hmm. instance, is one of them. Yep. That's why they got Tua and not Joey Burrow because they won some games that nobody thought they'd be able to win. Gardner Minshew, he's already off to a hot start. Yep. Down in Jacksonville, they're just unloading players, trying to figure out what the future is potentially. He'll probably win them some games like he did against the Indianapolis Colts, yeah. and last year he was able to do. And he might get caught just in that purgatory of quarterbacks <laughs> where it's like, hey, we need you here, we need you here. He could follow the exact same career path of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I think I, as an NFL fan, would be thankful to see another quarterback oh, yeah. that does what that does. Absolutely. This also kind of feels like, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but it feels like the Jags could just lay an egg tonight with everyone kind of talking about him. And, Whoa. I mean, yeah. well, hey, hey, that's not the, what Minshew mania is. Well, I know, and that's why it's tough to say, it's but I also man. think Fitzpatrick wants to go out there and say, hey, listen, I got plenty of bullets left in the gun. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people are asking, when are we going to see Tua? Because Air Bear got thrusted into mm-hmm. action this past weekend against the Super Bowl champs because one of the Chargers doctors took a needle and shoved it into Tyrod Taylor's <laughs> lungs. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tyrod Taylor, we we have to hammer this home because much like Ryan Fitzpatrick has been the fill guy for a lot of places, Tyrod Taylor has been the most unlucky quarterback. Yeah. Takes the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs for the first time in forever. Hey, you know what? Uh, we decided go and get out of here. Man. <laughs> we want someone else. Goes to Cleveland Browns of all places yep. during hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Not an easy time. Our guy Hugh is an incredible tequila maker and seller. Oh yeah, he's a great interview. Yep. But as a head coach, who knows how how it all went over there? Terrible. He gets he gets hurt. Just one Baker Mayfield comes in and has the best night he's ever had in the NFL. And Tyrod Taylor's now a thing of the past. Sorry, right? Tyrod. So he goes out to the Chargers. Hey, you'll back up Philip Rivers. Okay, and then Philip Rivers now. Here we go. You're our guy. You're our guy. Everybody saying you're our guy. You'll be our guy. Team saying you're our guy. He gets a needle shoved in his lung. <laughs> A team doctor. By a team doctor. And with the Chiefs not having their best day, I no. think, I, not that the Chargers, by the way, it wasn't that the Chargers didn't look impressive. Okay. Air Bear looked very, very, yeah. very impressive. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, to the point even more, that sucks for Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. But who says Tyrod Taylor doesn't win that game? Has anybody right. said it? Tyrod Taylor wins that game? By the way, we're having a completely different conversation about everything. But instead, Air Bear rises to the occasion, plays a great game, almost beats the Super Bowl champs, and now it's week to week with Tyrod Taylor. And I would assume at some point they're going to have to answer to some of their fans. They have some fans at like, hey, are we not building for the future? We got to do this. The guy's already played. And Tyrod Taylor is like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Can we... <laughs> Can we just think about maybe for one second about my career how it's just been littered with incredibly unfortunate situations? But I want to let you know, Tyrod Taylor, we're a big fan of you and your lung. T's and P's to both of you. Is it detrimental to Mr. A Bear? Uh, Air, Air Bear, please. Yeah. A Bear? He is a bear, I guess, on the field. Boy, he is, you see him knock that guy out. He is a bear out there. Uh, Air Bear, though. He's flying through the sky. Well, I got a little there. French quarter in me. A Bear. Um, no, but what I'm saying no, is air. It's it's what I'm saying is is right. I do believe. Yeah. I, I do believe. Air bear. Oh, <laughs> maybe yeah, a bear. maybe a bear is 100 percent right. <laughs> um, is it detrimental to him? Like, if he does have a couple of good games and and Anthony Lynn does want to bring Tyrod back, and then like they keep pulling this game where he's uh, in, he's out, he's in, he's out. I don't even I don't even want to think about it because. <laughs> That's a lot bigger than just Air Bear and Tyrod Taylor. That's a whole locker room now you got to worry about. I mean, it's a that doctor doing what that doctor did to uh, Tyrod Taylor's uh-huh. lung, which, by the way, 
We talk to people who have had the same procedure done on regular occasion. Mm -hmm. They say that they are told every single time that that is a possible outcome. I don't know if that's what happened to Tyrod, but they're told every single time. But the chances are so low, very, very, very low. So it's always a possible outcome, but the chances of it happening, very, very low. If it wasn't for that doctor just doing that, that I don't think somebody hasn't done since the 90s, they said, the 1990s. Can't be doing it. I mean, that is just tough for Tyrod. It's like I was going to take a trip to, I think it was Costa Rica. It was pretty cool. I, I took some vitamins. So I was like, I want to go to Costa Rica. Beautiful place. And uh, they they market a volcano like being one of the attractions. Yeah. And the thing hadn't gone off since like, I don't know, 1940s or something like that. Oh. Huh. Literally, as I'm driving to the airport, the thing <laughs> for the first time. So as I'm driving to the airport to fly there, the thing goes off for the first time. I get a news alert. Costa Rica volcano goes off for like the first time. I forget how many years. It was decades, though. It was yeah. a long, long time. And uh, no refund because it was day of trip, right? Ah. Yeah, they're like, you can still come. We're still accepting flights or whatever oh, and everything. Really? I'm like, oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> is that right? So I, not at a professional level, experienced something that is just so outrageous just to be like, oh, what the fuck? Tyrod Taylor has to be like, what? This hasn't happened since the 90s, dude. Yeah. Like, what are we even doing? He's been screwed over everywhere he's been. His best years, really, you could say, were with Flacco and Baltimore <laughs> behind <laughs> footsteps. Hey, everybody that played for the Baltimore Ravens when mm-hmm. Tyrod was there, you like, if he kind of comes, he's like, hey, that guy, that guy's a guy. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor was very, very good. And uh, I'm happy he's gotten a chance to see it, but that is incredibly unfortunate. Uh, at Viva Lazito here, the Don with a big chain on, uh, sitting on the couch, has a poll today that we would oh, like yeah. you to participate in. Yes. At Viva Lazito to find said poll. Zito, what is your big old poll today? Uh, the poll today is <laughs> Fitzmagic versus Minshew Mania tonight. Who you got? And right now, Fitzmagic is at 23.4%. Minshew Mania at 76.6%. So, you know, Magic is losing by roughly 53% to Minshew Mania. No one respects it. The disrespect. How many times has Fitzmagic been counted out? At Bubba Gumpino, a man who is a diehard Dolphins fan from the North left part of Canada. Yeah. Furthest point. I don't know how you become the furthest bottom right team fan from the furthest yeah, north left on, almost in Russia over there. Mm-hmm. But he is a loyal son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. And tonight, you think Fitzpatrick is about to run wild through Minshew over there in Duval, huh? In this matchup, Pat, the away team 5-2 and two against the spread last <laughs> seven meetings. Hey, Ooh. do I need to know anything else? No. 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 But... Do stats and analytics matter when you're talking about magic or me? No. no. You can throw those out the window. Yes. Think about magic, baby. That's true. So I don't, I don't love what you just said there, Gumpy, actually, because <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning magic, by the way. Oh, come on. I'm leaning magic. It's because hey. you're, you're a beard guy. By the end of this show, I will, by the way, he was talking about patchy sides. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us have, have bad mustache and patchy sides. Fits magic. Yeah. So. Well, he's a good guy. We I think there were some ricochet guy. shots there across the bow guy. that I did not think I deserved. He's a good guy, though. He is a good guy. Yeah. And he hits a golf ball 7,000 oh. yards. And I think he's got 14 kids that are all yeah, smarter I mean, than all of us. He's smart as hell. <laughs> he he brought them all. He, yeah, he all brought kids. He's like just hanging out. Yeah, he didn't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, they all had perfect swings, too. Pretty much. By the way, love Ryan Fitzmagic. Yeah. And I assume if we ever met Gardner Minshew, we would also sure. enjoy the hell out of him. So I'm kind of torn in this entire process. But for me... By the end of this show, I will I will have a firm lock on it. And I'm going to go max bet, by the way, so we can all just kind of roll the dice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But for me, if I'm running back, hey, every time I get the ball, 
Touchdown. touchdown. Hell yeah. Right. Joining me now is a man who probably has the same exact feeling. Super athlete. Freak defensive end and outside linebacker for the New England Patriots. Now on ESPN, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Ninkovich. Boy, Rob. Yeah, baby. What's up? How we doing? Hey, not too shabby. Let's talk about your old coach, Bill Belichick, looking like a homeless man at a press conference. Let's talk about it. I mean, he just he looked like he was in a bear attack. It's all good. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong. Hey, Bill, Bill is a mastermind of like playing mind games with people. So he probably woke up. It's like, yeah, I got an interview because he probably he sleeps. He sleeps in the building. Let's let's not mistaken that he sleeps inside that building. The dude's got 150 million in the bank. He's probably made 300 in his career and he's sleeping on a couch in his office. So, look, he woke up. He said, hey, I'm going into this thing just like this. We're playing the Raiders. Why not? I'm going to look like I just got mauled by a, a grizzly. So I, by the way. Everything you just said made me respect him even more. Yeah. Last night, I saw a video. CBS Sports put it out on their TikTok, which was then ripped by somebody to put on their Instagram, and I shared it on my Instagram story. Long, long road of saying it was Bill Belichick mic'd up during a game, and some guy comes jogging over from the Ravens or something. He says, like, oh, day I'm going to do that. And Bill goes, oh, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he was like, uh, the, the guy was like, I think, like, trying to be nice to Bill. And it was like, let's talk after the game. And then the guy, I, you don't even hear the guy say, anything back and he goes why don't you look at the fucking scoreboard too i was like this guy is a savage because this is not the person you ever hear at these press conferences these press conferences it's this guy who's just like okay listen i'm the greatest coach of all time i can act however i want to act up here be who you can afford to be implies to me as well in these press conferences and you're just gonna have to like it and the world is gonna be entertained to all hell with my press. i love his press conferences but from behind closed doors is he just a savage of a man obviously I mean, look, he's Bill Belichick. He's got the ultimate Trump power. Like, look, this dude walks in the room and everyone sits up straight. And you kind of like, you know, the the one thing that happens a lot is when you're walking through the building in the Patriots building, there's like a bunch of little corridors and you don't know sometimes who you're going to run into. And you'll just be, you know, shooting the breeze with somebody walking down the hallway and Bill just makes that corner and you instantly just stop talking. And you just like, (laughs) you just kind of look at him and you're like, Hey, coach, how you doing? And he just keeps – he doesn't even say anything. He just keeps walking. <laughs> so, so there's many a moments where you're just like in that awkward stage of like, hey – so you know what's funny? I'm going to tell this funny this, – this is a hilarious story. Yes, here and, we uh, go. Here, here we, we go. go. Yeah, here we go, Rob. So my old man, right, so Mike Ninko, he's like a – you know, he's an iron worker. Uh, you know, here we go. Retired right. now, but he's, he's a he's a blue collar Midwestern guy from Chi Town. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the games, there's like a little, little spot where the family can go, and you you know you have a couple. You know, you could have whatever. It's like in the cafeteria. You sit down, have a shake, have food, whatever, drink, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Gatorades, yeah. waters. My old man's you know walking out, and he sees Bill standing there, and we had we had played the Dolphins that 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 particular game, and it's after the game. And Bill's standing there. My dad walks right up to him. He's like, "Hey, you like uh, you like you like uh, grilled fish? You like filleted fish?" And Bill's like, looking at him like, well, "What do you mean? What do you, like?" He didn't know what to say. My dad's like, "You guys filleted them fish up today." And I was looking at my dad like, "Did you really just say that?" To Bill <laughs> like, did you really just say that like corny, terrible line to my to, to Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time? And uh, my dad's just like, what? I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Did Bill respond? Did Bill respond or just walk it off? No, he smiled. He did like his like kind of like awkward like smile. smile. Like, 
uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was just standing there shaking my head like, oh, my God. Not a bad That's attempt, right. but uh, we're, oh, we're on to was... the fried tigers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the thing about Bill Belichick, though, is he seems to bring out the best in every player. Not, not, I'm not talking as a human, whatever, probably that as well. But as a player, people perform up there whenever they go up there. And right now, Pro Football Focus, which is a company we love around Hell here, yeah. should stay alive, stay around for as long as oh, possible. Yeah. Many years of ranking stay, players. They named me the punter of the decade. Your Pro Football Focus said I was replaceable because they had no idea what my responsibilities were. Well, they, uh, that was before they got good. We don't though. need to hear yeah. that, Rob. They called me the punter of the decade, so we need them to stay in business. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They, you know, look, I love Pro Football Focus. It motivated me every year. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, but they, there is some situations where they don't exactly know what they're talking about. We try to keep those to the side, though, because we want them to continue to exist because of <laughs> if they die, my title dies. So we need to hang on to that as strong. I love that. I love, I love PFF. They're the best. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 I mean, they definitely I love have some. PFF, baby, let's go. They definitely have some drawbacks. I mean, there's definitely, but yeah, we love them. We love them. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. They, I love PFF. Yeah. They said, um, they probably graded you terribly, huh? They oh. no, they, you were yeah, they very did. bad. Slow white guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not kind. Oh, they graded me very well, though. So I like, hey, yo, Pia. Yeah! yeah, great hang time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pro Football Focus, though, said the Cam Newton is currently playing at his best he's ever played. Now, we're only two games into this thing, but higher PFF grade than what he had at the Carolina Panthers. And I'm not 100% sure if Pro Football Focus's drawbacks of not knowing what people are supposed to do on certain plays necessarily counts for the quarterback because I assume it's almost pretty easy unless somebody misreads something, so we can say it's accurate. But let's assume they're potentially accurate in their grading of quarterbacks. They're saying Cam Newton's playing better than he ever has. Knowing what you know about the way Bill Belichick coaches and McDaniels and how they approach the game, is this something that should have been expected if you take out the, oh, their personalities won't get along thing? 100%. I mean, look, Bill, what does Bill do best? He makes people, and he has a person come into the building, he evaluates their talent and their skill levels, and he makes sure that the, the team is at their best with getting the most out of each player, right? So when you look at Cam, they probably saw a lot of, of things that they never were able to install in their offense, and now you see them in the red zone. What are they doing in the red zone? They're running 11-on-11 11 11 football, and they're running powers for Cam Newton. So that is something that Bill absolutely loves. Bill loves power football, just straight downhill runs. He absolutely loves that. So for him to have a quarterback that he feels he can just run straight downhill with, he loves that. I mean, every single game. And the last game, the Seattle game where they had that last play, he would run that same play over and over and over again. And he doesn't care if people are going to judge like, oh, you should have done this, should have done that. He loves the fact that he can take Cam Newton and the dude's 6'6", 240, and just go straight downhill and punch in the face. So I'm telling you, I, I think that the accuracy on, on – pro football focus and cam playing at his best he ever has i agree with that because the patriots are going to make sure that he is in the right position and they're going to run the right place for cam and look they're the receiving core i mean think about it they they don't even have a crazy receiving core and julian edelman just had the best game of his career so it's nuts that they're able to get the most out of everybody that they have on the roster right now so they're only going to get better now defensively they got to be able to stop the run that's the biggest thing in my book like you got to be able to stop the run Offensively, I feel like they're going to continue to improve and get better as the season progresses. Let's talk about on the defensive side of the ball because Cam Newton is proving to be a great passer as well. Seattle, I mean, Julian Edelman just has biggest game, 160 yards or whatever, but he was dropping the ball in the bucket too, and it still looked like he had that kind of big wind up and the ball was coming out fast. But he's he, he kind of does the he does like the 
Yeah. The curse he throw, you know? But he throws the shit out of it, so yeah, who cares how it comes out? You got to do what you got to do. Got, he's got a cannon. Yeah, so let's talk about when you're a defender, outside linebacker, defensive end, not just you, but the entire defense. When you know that the coach you're playing against, greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, has his Navy background and is absolutely obsessed with power football, how does that open things up potentially for Cam Newton to throw the ball, maybe in a different setting than what Carolina Panthers were doing with Cam Newton? Well, we all know this. If you're if you understand the game of football, and the more you run the football, and the the success that you have in the running game, that sets up all your play action pass. So, what that does is it gives you that 10, 15 yards in that uncover zone in the middle between your front and your secondary, where guys like Julian Edelman, you know, that's where he makes his career in the intermediate routes. And, you know, guys are going to be wide open because you're going to have a little bit of space there with your linebackers huh. respect, respecting the run. So I think that, look, they're using Cam to the best of his abilities by running the football, setting the tone and running the football, and then pulling the ball out and throwing it down the field. I heard you take a little shot at the defense there in your last answer about how they need to stop Yeah, the you got to stop the run, and they weren't able to stop the run, so... Look, on that, I'm Seattle to throw the football on third and one down the field like they're complete idiots. They should have ran the football. They were having five <laughs> yards to carry. I mean, if you have five yards to carry. Why are you why are you throwing the football on third and one? Doesn't uh, make sense. When you watch the game, do you watch it as like a outside linebacker D lineman, or are you watching as a fan? Is it just following the ball? How do you when you like watch games? Is it? I'm watching. Usually, I'm standing up. Sometimes I put a helmet on. Other times, not. <laughs> And I usually like kind of do a little rock. Sometimes I rock when I'm talking too. Like I do like a little toe tap rock because I, I get like pumped up still. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife makes fun of me about it. She's like, look, you're 36. Give it up. You can't do it. And I still believe that there's a little glimmer that I can in the back of my head. And then I see people get hit and I'm like, I don't want any part of that. But anyway, yeah, I usually watch the game as like a linebacker. I see how the front comes out. I, I try to like see the strength. And I do all my run pass stuff like if I was playing. I mean, that's just what I do because when you play a long time, you know, it's like ingrained in my head. Okay, what's the set? What's the chances of run pass? That's usually what how I how I watch the game. And then I yell at the TV when a simple play me- is messed up. That's so intriguing to me because I didn't even think about that particular style of watching a game until I watched with like a couple of my teammates or whatever they're watching. And before, like Tony, it was like Tony Romo, but from every other position that was coming out. They were like, ah, oh, slot or whatever. And it was a linebacker watching, and the guy jumped, and it was like, slot was what? Like a second and a half later, the slot wow. hit right down his name. I'm like, oh, so you're not even watching. Like, I'm watching the ball. You're not even watching the ball. They're just watching strictly the linebackers. And I'm like, that's a completely different style of watching football than what I, I just want to let you know. Very different game you and I are watching. <laughs> well, I know the specialistas. I mean, look, we've seen it in the, in the special teams phase of things. Look, we've seen the, the, the Cowboys win one in the special teams phase. I don't know what the Falcons were doing oh. on that onside kick. Great, great onside kick, though. I respect that onside kick. That was one of the best onsides I've seen in a long time because with these new rules, we're not seeing, like, the, the normal onside kick. Yeah. Look at the amount of Falcons around that football watching that ball. Rob, Are you kidding me? Rob, I know how well coached and situational football is up there in New England. Have you ever been more embarrassed for, like, a, uh, a team than in this moment right here because you just – you don't know the rules, or you didn't think it was going to go 10 yards. It's one or the other. You, you, you either didn't know the rules, or you didn't think it was going to go 10 yards. And if it's you didn't know the rules, that's like that's an indictment on the coaches rather, rather hard. 
when the coaching interview or the coaches after the game say, we knew the rules, you know they didn't know the rules. Because they said that first. They're like, we, we went through this. We know. We practiced this. There's no way they knew the rules if they're like, okay, on this particular kick, we're going to make sure it dies out here before 10 yards. We're going to watch it, and we're going to let the Cowboys guy just stand right over it when it goes 10 yards. He's just, just going to fall right on it, and then we'll get it from him. Like, they're, obviously, they didn't go over the play, and it made me go crazy. And we had uh, Scotty O'Brien was a special teams coordinator with the Patriots when I was there for the early parts when I just got there, 2009. And he would always say this to be like, Boop, 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 boop. He would like stutter on his words. Boop, 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 boop. What are we doing? <laughs> like, I guarantee he's watching that play and he's screaming, boop, 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 like stuttering on what, 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 what are we doing? Because that was probably one of the worst special teams plays I've seen in a long time. I agree. And special teams are filled with dumb plays. That was because a lot, a large part of special teams is understanding what you can and can't do because they're such different plays. So like coaches going through all those situations is a massive part of special teams. It's like, Hey, when this happens, we can do this. We can't do this, this, we can do this. We can't do this, especially with the changes. So it's obviously maybe they went over it like one day in training camp or whatever, but that's something like situational football is where everything happens. And I think that from talking to Vinatieri, the Patriots, that's like their weapon. Diggs, what do you got? Rob, have you ever had to uh, get an injection, a pain injection, uh, into your ribs? Uh, Actually, yeah. So we were playing the Raiders in – we were playing the Raiders at Raiders. I think it was like 2013 or 2014, I believe. And I was on a a tight end with my hands. Like I had my arms extended in McFadden was running like a power play and he just put his head down and he hit me right in the ribs like with his helmet full speed and i remember like falling like a big pile of people fell and like as he hit me i just remember thinking in my head like this is so painful right now i don't know if i can breathe i might die right now so i get up i can't breathe football <laughs> I can't breathe. I go to the sidelines, and I still haven't had a breath. And I was out of breath. So I don't know if you've ever been out of breath and you can't breathe. It's like a really, like, panic moment. Yeah. So Drowning. I finally am able to breathe. I get off. They don't. I don't go in the game. Or it was like the fourth quarter. After the game, I remember it was like – because I hurt the cartilage. So it wasn't the rib. It was like in between the ribs, like your cartilage. It's almost like worse mm-hmm. because – you know, people say like, oh, you didn't break a rib, but it's the cartilage to so just fight through it. I'm like, okay, I'll fight through it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't breathe. I was almost dead on the field, but yeah. So th- I'll give you another funny story. So Hold on. Did you get a shot, though? Finish the story. Did you get the shot, that Marcane shot? Of course I got a shot. I've had many of shots. So during the week of practice, yeah, during the week of practice, my ribs were really, really terribly sore. I could barely move. And think about a D lineman, linebacker. You really got to gotta twist. You got to move. You're running. You're pulling. You're getting hit. So I go to see Alex. Um, I go to see TV 12. I go to see Alex. And, you know, they, they're going to get you moving, right? So he's like, what we're going to do is we're going to massage the area and we're going to get that. We're going to, like, free you up. So he's, like, literally taking his fingers, like, in between my ribs. And I just remember having my arm up like this. And I was just literally, like, having, like, a – a moment where I didn't even re- I, I wanted to like just say I don't think I'm going to play I think I'm just going to retire today I don't <laughs> and afterwards he's like how's it feel now and I was drenched in sweat because I was in pain I was drenched I stood up and it was like the pain was gone because obviously he had just massaged in between my ribs and the cartilage was messed up and I remember being like yeah that feels a little bit better that's good okay so that was on a Friday we played that Sunday 
boom, got got the shot in there. I, I've, I mean, it was painful after the fact, but it was fine. I mean, once you get the shot, you're good. You don't, you know, Did obviously you, they messed up and they went too deep on him and they screwed him up. Were you told when you got those rib shots that there was a chance you could puncture your lung? No. They don't say that. Uh, <laughs> See, everybody geez. I talked to said that they did say that. That they said they, like, yeah. Really? I mean, I didn't. I remember just having the shot, and I was like, I'm good. And then I did the Toradol, and then you're like, extra good. Uh, <laughs> Toradol's the best. I've never done the Marcane in the uh, rib thing, but the guy, two people I talked to that have gotten similar shots, they said that when the doctor was doing it, there was like, there's a chance of this happening. They said to him, but that might have been a very different. I don't remember doctor. that. I might have also been like out of my mind because it was before the game or in pain. So I don't know. Huh. <laughs> but most of the time, most of the time, I mean, look, I. I I was in the room with uh, Danny Amendola once, and we both were going to get our knee drained. And I was like, "All right, I'll get you go first, and then you, and then I'll go." And I remember the guy that, like took the needle out, and it was so big; it was like the biggest gauge needle I've ever seen. And like I see him stick it in Danny, and he's like making this face. And then I see the yellow stuff come out, and I just look at Danny and I'm like, "Bro, I feel pretty good. A couple <laughs> of Tylenols, that's." <laughs> I, I didn't get it done. I was like, "There's no way I'm letting you stick that in me in my knee right now." There's no way. Like, so I got no my way. I got my knee drained one time, and exactly what you're talking about. That needle is so thick and huge. It it's is, like it's it's, ugh, it's like a spoon they're sticking in there almost. Yeah. And then they move it. They move it around in your oh. knee, and then they so if like they draw a little bit and there's some blood, they're like, "Oh, this isn't the pocket." Then they move it around, and then they get like the yellow because it's like a yellowy clear crap that. Comes so, out of your knee. So they did it to mine, and I got uh, mine locked up because of how quickly it was um, it was pulled out or whatever. So there was like a ten minute period where I couldn't bend my leg, and it hurt more than it's ever hurt in my life. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my, what did I fucking do? I just got a spoon in me, and I can't move." And then the eleventh minute, by the way, knee felt brand new. Oh, I, mean, I was like, "Oh my oh, god, yeah, we are." Take the pressure out of there. When you take that pressure out of the knee. It's like you feel insanely good because I, I couldn't bend like my last year. I had like limited motion because like I had like grade two, whatever they call degeneration of your knee stuff going on. So like I'd be playing and I'd look down. And I'd be like, yeah, I got a big ass like ball of water on my knee. It sucked. The, the thought of people <laughs> learning, though, because of this Tyrod Taylor thing about the amount of injections and things that people go through to play football, I think has been eye-opening for a lot of folks here in the last 24 hours. Like our conversation right now, I assume there's a lot of people watching that are like, what? You've gotten how many injections? Oh, because you, you just casually said, oh yeah, I've gotten a lot of injections. Yeah. And then right into the, it's happening. To get guys on the field, that's why the additional game is such a massive conversation. But to yeah. get guys on the field each week, there is a lot of shit happening behind the scenes that in college college at purdue was my first experience we're playing illinois and i separated my ac joint and i went in at halftime and they when they shoot your ac joint up they go right through your ac joint so they go right through the top of it they stick the needle in there and then they inject it and i remember like the pain of that i was like oh my god this really really hurts and then it numbs up and then you play the game and I literally couldn't untie my shoes the next. I couldn't even tie my shoes. I couldn't go down. I couldn't take my shoes off. I couldn't move my arm the next day because once that stuff wears off, it's like crazy painful. So, yeah, I mean, the injections, they work. They work for the games. I'm telling you, they work good. Way <laughs> hey, Toradol was the best, man. And then the next day you realize, oh, I pulled my hamstring yesterday. Oh, <laughs> so I-, Toradol, I would take the Toradol shot in my shoulder because I felt like it hit my heart quicker. 
Connor, please help. <laughs> yeah, Rob, the uh, Patriots don't have a defensive coordinator, but Steve Belichick has been calling plays in. What does he bring to New England, and is he going to take over the throne for Bill when he retires? That's a good question. Look, I mean, I think that the hierarchy and how the plays are called, and, and like Bill really doesn't go out and officially name who the DC is. He did that in years past, too. Like Matty P's first year, I even think B. Flo, he didn't name them the defensive coordinators. I mean, I don't, I don't know why or the logic to that, but um, at the end of the day, I think Steve obviously has been around football since he came out of the womb, and, and it's just in his in his blood. So I would suspect that he's going to have a, a big opportunity or a big role to be an expanded role as far as name the D.C. next year. I know Gerard Mayo, you know, he's going to be in the mix too because he's obviously one of the smartest guys I played with. Really good, smart player. Really, he's probably a really good, smart coach to top that off. So I think that between Mayo and Steve, it's going to be a, you know who's who's going to get it. And I don't know. Maybe maybe the, that's my son thing helps out. I don't know. So uh, Steve's a great coach, though. And uh, you know, I enjoyed my time with Steve when when I was playing. Steve had just come in. He just got out of college, so he was working basically like the the grunt hours the you know making the copies doing all the crazy stuff that you have to do that bill makes everybody do and they become a coach in new england so i mean he's paid his due so and his mullet looks great by the way <laughs> great oh yeah. oh yeah that rat i mean it looks awesome on the back side of that thing and, well, and it does look like he cuts it himself like it looks like he actually oh yeah. just takes mm-hmm. house scissors I'm, it's Bill's uh, Bill's dressing. Whoever dresses Bill does the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just love how comfortable they are. Uh, the Big Ten is playing. They got eight weeks. Iowa uh, representative here, Ty. I don't know if it's about college or not, but I literally just saw Ty's face. I thought of Iowa, and I remembered you went to Purdue. And do you do you even care about do you care about Big Ten football? I'm happy that they're playing. Look, I, I had said it when they didn't have a season that I was concerned for the guys, the the football players that weren't going to have a season. And I, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sit up here and lie to anybody. How did I have the motivation every day to go to school and to get up and do all the right things and make the right decisions? Because I played football. So yeah, I went to I went to school to play football. I know that sounds terrible, but at the end of the day, you know. I fell in love with the game and I was addicted to it. And I knew that if if I had the opportunity and I wanted to continue to play, I had to do the right things and make the right choices in in the classroom. So that's what really kept me in the in the right state of mind for school and and keep me and kept me motivated to do the right thing. So I was concerned that with no season, a lot of these players like they would fall into maybe a bad routine, you know, not uh, not really paying attention as much as they should or going to class the way they should. Because literally, I mean, look, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, Football is your world. I mean, it was my world. So I, I did everything I could to make sure that I didn't affect my ability to play football. And, and if you don't go to class and you don't get the grades or you make a bad choice off the field, then that can affect you playing football. So I was nervous for guys not having football and failing out of school, not being eligible. Yeah, I agree. And there was also that conversation at one point where they're potentially not going to be allowed on campus. They're going to be sent mm-hmm. home. It was like, it was crazy. The Big Ten's back there. They're only allowing eight weeks. It's never going to work, but I'm excited that they're giving it a go. Uh, Rob, I hope you join us again, man. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, is beating teams that you played for like three times. Oh, yeah. Something oh. like that. And tonight, yeah, I think so. I think he. Oh, yeah. Has he? I don't know. Let's check the roster, the schedule. I think he played for the Bills. I sacked Fulmer. Fulm- <laughs> <laughs> played for the Jets. Played for the Jets. I batted down like 10 passes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a low trajectory. Whoa! Oh, oh, whoa! Man, 
Magic Man. Down. We will not take this slander of the Magic tonight. But he has a great beard, and guess what? He's a good dude. So yeah. when I saw him after the game last year when they beat – they were the Dolphins beat the Patriots in in New England. I saw him after the game. He said, "I'm happy you're not playing anymore." No, that's a good. So that's, that's, a a lot, and that's a little. That's a lot what of. Res- I'm going to do today. I'm going to go ride this driver all the way about 350. Yeah. <laughs> this is my guy. This is I ride that horse every time I hit a massive shot right down the fairway. Oh, I bet you are awesome to play alongside, ladies and gentlemen. Super Bowl champ, couple times, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Nickovich. Hey. From Ch- a hole, boys. Yeah. Good luck out there, pal. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that FanDuel is still the greatest sports book to ever operate. I just want to let you know that FanDuel is still the only place that has not only the best odds, the best tech. The best daily fantasy, the best free-to-play games. I'm just here to tell you that FanDuel is all of those things and more, including a company that is run by incredibly nice people, super hospitable people, who will refund bets if they feel like people got fucked over. They will boost odds for games that they shouldn't boost odds for. They feel like a company that is trying to go out of business, and for us, those are the types of companies we like getting into business with. Love them. Because if they're giving great things to our listeners, that means our listeners are at least getting paid back in a tiny bit for doing what they do which is listen to this show so i can't thank you all enough for listening and i can't thank fanduel enough for changing their business strategy basically to make gambling more fun more fair and more lucrative for making daily fantasy easier more fun more lucrative and free-to-play games easier more fun more lucrative bingo shout out to fanduel uh, partner of ours over here, obviously. And shout out to you for listening. And if you're in a state where FanDuel Sportsbook exists, hop on that thing. It is worth it. I promise you. I'm giving out a lock tomorrow this weekend that Ooh. maybe I got screwed last week with Air Bear coming onto the field just moments before the game because Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the lung or whatever <laughs> by their doctor. But this one is a lock on top of lock. I feel good about it. And we're boosting the odds to bigger than anybody else has. That's just what FanDuel does. And if we're coming to your state soon, FanDuel is the place to be. It is... Uh, it's the best product. It really is. And Bar none. Granted, they are telling, paying me to say that. But as an office of humans that have gambled before this all came to be, gambled before this deal happened, FanDuel's tech is better than everybody. It is. We've used several. FanDuel's is the best. It's just easy. And by the way, that is the hardest thing to get right. So shout out to FanDuel. And shout out to you for listening. Let's go ahead and have a day. And let's win some money both tonight, this weekend, and whenever else we hop on to FanDuel. And by the way, introduce your ladies to it. Uh, my wife uh, is forced to watch these football games because mm-hmm. I watch them. Right. And boy, she has enjoyed it much, much more whenever she has 10 bucks on a game, 15 bucks on a game. The live betting, she calls it playing FanDuel, where she starts reading things. I mean, it is, it's awesome. We're very thankful for FanDuel and we're thankful for you. And obviously, I'm thankful for my wife. Of course. Of course. Goes without saying. Goes without saying. Now, let's get back to the show. McAfee and Hawk begins right meow. Joining us now from Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State legend, national champion, and Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, in crimson chin, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, not too shabby. How are you doing, pal? 
Oh, I'm doing great, pal. What's going on? How's the, how'd the first two hours go? Oh, really good. Oh, really good. A lot of phone calls, a lot of conversation. Tonight's the night where magic meets mania, Ooh. AJ. Magic fits magic, takes on Minshew mania. Two of the exact same people, we think. One from the future, one from the old days. Who will win tonight? What is your thoughts on the game? And are you taking magic or mania? Jaguars at home or Dolphins plus three on the road? This feels like a game that Ryan fits magic just absolutely dominates. But since I said that, and I think Minshew is damn near the same person. Yeah. It also feels like a potential game where Minshew could go dongs out on everybody. Well, first off, this is just the the perfect Thursday night game. Dolphins, Jags. Like You feel like every Thursday night game is a some form of this kind of game. It's just what, does that what does that mean? What does that mean? Oh. Type of teams that play on Thursday nights. Browns, Bengals Titans great. used to get a lot of play on Thursday night. They don't as much anymore. They've gotten a little better. But, yeah, just the, this is what it is. Gone Dolphins. better. Oh, oh, oh so shit. shit. Is that what you just said? This is not sh- at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. saying is, it feels like a Thursday night game. There are professional athletes playing at the highest level. I'm not saying anything bad about these teams. Well, That's the not. funny thing that you just said there is that they stink. But we're not in this, okay? If they both stink, then we got a good game going on. We don't need you pointing out all the negatives but i do believe the teams that play on there and how good the game and the quality of games all revolves around when the television network deal is being negotiated or up or when somebody pays somebody so with that being said i will go back to my question for you do you have magic or mania tonight which this does not feel like a game that fits magic potentially runs wild on you brother which would be mania which is what Minshew is so it's a wild time i don't know what to do i'm kind of conflicted to be honest with you i am it's a it's a fun matchup between these two quarterbacks, but tonight I am all in on Fitz Magic. They're underdogs. I feel like they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They last week their their secondary kind of got exposed against the Buffalo Bills. You had free runners in the back end, which you never want to see. So I think maybe the the Dolphins will realize okay. We don't really like those one-on-one matchups as much. Maybe we mix in a little bit of zone. Maybe we try to yes. try to pressure the quarterback a little bit and get uh, get Gardner kind of off the spot. See, you just gave us real reasons on why we're right. Because whenever we got into the show, 90% of the money bet was on the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three. 90%. And for some reason, our entire office this morning was like, this feels like a magical night tonight. This, this feels like it. And for whatever reason, we're kind of probably talking ourselves into it, you know, just believing in the Fitz magic, him bringing his entire family to Top Golf for the Super Bowl golf outing brought to you by Wrangler at the time when Tim Tebow stole the show by Ty screaming Jesus and him saying, loves you, perfectly timed. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was a legend. And we were kind of leaning that way. But now that you're like, well, they'll probably drop in a little bit more zone, which will make their defense a little bit better. And maybe they'll give Minshew a little bit of a trouble who's looked pretty damn good here early. That See, that type of stuff makes this show better and makes the entire mood in our pockets feel a lot better on this side, AJ. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Also, have you heard of uh, their little tight end named Mike Jasicki? He was an absolute stud. And by little, I mean he is a big monster that had a huge game last week. Like I think he will have a big night as well. There's a same game parlay at FanDuel right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick to pass for 271. Jasicki to score a touchdown. And the Dolphins to cover plus 5.5, which is 2.5 more than what the spread is right now. Max bet 50 for plus 620. AJ feels like that's giving away money. Hey, so do we over here. Oh, yeah. What's that, Dix? Let me pile on to uh, our pick here. The the only playmaker on the Jaguars offense, G- DJ Chark, who had a thousand yards last season, is out tonight. Just yes. came out breaking news. Right, let's not celebrate somebody being hurt, okay? Connor, Connor just oh, sorry. Hey, hey, the money's down. I, I, I hope he's healthy forever. But what a scumbag! <laughs> scumbag! Yes. Scumbag! Dude. Scumbag! Scumbag! <laughs>
Um, Let's go, Fitz. But I am I am pumped for this game, to be honest with you. And I know you let off, which is burying Thursday night football in general. Yeah. I, the Titans played on there, and then Shitty they, they became good at football and stuff like that. One of the best broadcasting crews ever to live, Joe and Troy. They're calling it, right? Aren't they doing all the Thursday nights? You're just trying your yeah. best. Even okay. mentioning Hall of Famer Sweet Joe Buck just turned our comment section on YouTube huh. into a oh, cesspool. It's happening. Oh, it's AJ. happening. You knew it. You Figured did it on purpose. It no, I'm just a fan of Joe and Troy. I think they do a, a great job up there, and I, I enjoy their insights. I would like it to be known. I am also a big fan of Joe and Troy. I yeah. think they're incredible at what they do. But for whatever reason, YouTube, because Joe Buck hates their team, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Joe Buck is calls every big moment. And at some point, I'd assume he said something that maybe is pointing out an obvious that your team doesn't look great in a particular setting. You know, but oh, Joe Buck hates the team, <laughs> and that just comes with the territory. Learning his story, you know, about his dad doing a thing, and then him doing a thing, and then him getting home fame and him not getting choked up at all about that video by the way just being a consummate professional like i did not expect that second half kickoffs on the other side that was that was mind-blowing to me maybe thought he was a little bit of a robot but i like them as well i can't wait for tonight uh let's talk about some odds that have been released russell wilson mvp candidate uh number one plus 250 or something like that at this point when there's other people at plus a thousand do you feel russell wilson uh in the odds makers are, are plus 270 everybody else is up near plus 1100 plus 500 a couple of people do you think the NFL Vegas odds makers, the people that put the odds on this, heard Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels shame all the MVP voters into never voting for him and thought, yep, this is probably the year that this guy's going to get it regardless if he deserves it? Not saying he doesn't, but I'm saying it feels like the odds are being stacked completely on Russell Wilson's side here. Yeah, they are, but who... When you're betting that you're, you're you're betting on the MVP race this far out, who's going to take a plus two fifty odds? Like that's not good enough odds to bet something this far out. I feel. Like. Uh, Why don't you drop me. down the list. Whenever what? we whenever we brought these odds up in the first hour or second hour, we talked about how every human that knows anything about this particular race told us that it is incredibly ignorant to even think about what could potentially happen for the next 15 weeks or next 14 weeks for every one of these teams but since we're a daily show we have to talk about these things when they come out i wouldn't i don't think anybody's betting plus 270 no no but that's them just saving their ass for all the shaming mvp votes that chris collinsworth and al michaels could have collected on sunday night yeah i i mean if I'm going to make a bet right now for the MVP race, I, I'd take a long shot. Take like a Cam Newton. He was Hell plus yeah. 3,500. Aaron's plus 1,100. Like none of them are really long shots, but this far out, you just, you truly don't know. Those who, are, who, those are pretty who on that list would you be scared to take a shot on right now? Drew Brees. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I'm not for saying sure. it. Noodle not, line. He hit a linebacker in the uh, chest say on it. Monday night. Uh, say it. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. Let's get to the phones. Come on. <laughs> Bro, Bill's Mafia has been coming after us whenever we talk about MVP conversation. Yep. We don't have Josh. Kyler Murray has a chance for the next four. If, if this is Kyler Murray, by the way, with what I've seen out of Kyler Murray the first two weeks, and I've watched both games because he is incredibly entertaining to watch with Nuke and Cliff Kingsbury. Like, Kyler Murray is a guy that I think at the end of the year, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, God, damn, this guy mm-hmm. is very good. But also, it could all... It could all potentially go to shit, too. I mean, nobody nobody has a single clue on whether or not it happened. Um, the thought of us knowing less than other people, is he on right now? Yeah, my guy. Our guy. Our guy. Well, the guy. Being joined now by an insider uh, for the NFL Network who has a lot of sources, mm-hmm. breaks a lot of news, mm-hmm. and dunks on Connor on a daily <laughs> basis. Ladies yep. and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Oh, yeah. with the suit up. Oh, did we just catch a rain wow. in, or in between TV hits right there? We, that's what we just did. Yeah. I was off at, uh, at a TV hit at about 2.06 Eastern, 
I was off at 209. Oh, wow, man. Uh, logged right on here, and now I'm ready to roll. Speaking of off, Robert Kraft got off on his charges. Anything <laughs> you have heard about that? This is good news for the NFL. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's good news for Robert Kraft, you know, who, who has fought this at every single uh, at every single step along the way and, and really has been adamant about, you know, he, he was offered a deal. I know he was offered a deal. He declined it because he wanted to fight uh, for what he believed was right in this situation. And the fact that he uh, he did get a dismissal, I would say, is probably, as I'm trying to move the camera, there you go. Um, the fact that he did, in fact, get a dismissal is good news for him. As far as the NFL, like, I don't know that, I don't know that it makes a difference. The sort of public image damage was has long been done for several years. Same mm. with Robert Kraft. So whether or not he's officially charged with a crime or whether or not they go forward, like I'm not sure it really matters very much um, because whatever was whatever anyone wanted to accomplish as far as publicly for him or for the NFL or whatever, it's all already been done. Oh, Ian, my my first question here for you. Your world. Second question. It, well, this <laughs> after follow up there, and then AJ's got a great one for you. I know he's been cooking on it with that big ass brain of his over there. The Whoa. your world involves injuries, uh, uh, charges potentially being dismissed for an owner that got caught up in the thing. Do you have the most dynamic? Like when you tell people what you do, it's like I'm just an insider. It, did you expect your rolodex of information that you would have to talk about and answer in your life would be anywhere near what it is now? I, I do think about that from time to time where it's like I could be dealing with, all right, like, hey, how's this guy's sprained ankle to this guy's recovering from, you know, drug suspension to there's an armed robbery in Florida to a <laughs> possible solicitation charge from an owner to coronavirus. Like even like I was thinking about this this offseason, like there's no manual for how to report whether someone tested positive for COVID-19 or not. Like, we had a couple of situations this offseason. I ended up, you know, I, I broke when Vaughn had his and then Zeke Elliott had his. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, kind of the way we went it. about it was, all right, it has to be on the record <laughs> from the agent because otherwise it just wasn't right and feels weird. And so we had to, like, anyway, we had to, like, navigate that as we went because there's no training for how to report COVID-19 testing or whatever, like, Yes, my job is very weird and my life is weird and it is probably like the widest ranging thing of all times, which is why I always get a kick out of when people are like, oh, like you watch sports for a living. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like I really watched a ton of football last week when like four major injuries happened in the first 30 minutes and I spent the rest of the day on the phones. What Ian, life. what would you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know you have a relationship with so many different people around the league. Is there like one team or one organization or so even one one coach or gm that you know like hey i've tried i can't do it i gotta back off i cannot contact this person they do not want to give me anything Ooh, that is a good question um who's not a rat <laughs> yeah who's who will never ever help me now there are there are people like there there's plenty of coaches who'll be like hey man like we're, we're cool we're fine i'm just i'm never gonna tell you this like there are coaches who be like <sighs> Like guys who I like, who I've seen, I've hung out with socially, who will say, "I will never help you on an injury thing ever." And I say, "Cool," because then I just won't bother you with it. I'll bother you on other stuff. Um, you know, I, there's been coaches that have been tougher for me. Like, um, like I'm not sure Sean Payton will be tossing around scoops uh, anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't seem to roll that way. It's fine. Like, it's. I respect him and his team. It's just that's just sort of not the way he rolls, I think. Um, 
there's some others, you know, but um, one of the things that I try to do in this world is if someone is not a source, if I know I'm not going to be getting information from there, then you just figure out a way to get it from somewhere else. And that's sort of how you spread the wings or for lack of a better way of saying it. What are some stories that you're potentially cooking on right now? Because like you said about Sunday, I mean, that was one of the most devastating health days the NFL has seen in a long time, the big time stars. And then information continued to roll out as the week has gone here. Going into week three of the 2020 NFL season, what are some stories you think that potentially come from it? And is there anything you guys are kind of like trying to figure out or sit on currently? Yeah, there are definitely things I'm working on. Um, I will keep those under the old, you know, whatever. Oh, come on, keep it under the skirt. Hey, let's brainstorm. Just brainstorm. Let's one do it. time. Right here. Well, I mean, one of the things was we actually just got news on the field at MetLife. I mean, leading to all those injuries and that field got cleared again um, by a bunch of literally every representation person you could ever imagine uh, cleared that field, the Giants, the Jets, the NFL, PA, the NFL. So that was one thing. I hate to say this, but like a lot of the fallout from those injuries is like what happens in fantasy? Who do I pick up? Who's going to start? Who's getting the carries? Like if people are gamblers, like what does that mean for my team, for the team I'm betting on? Like that's a lot of the stuff we do on Sundays. Then there's some other, there's some other things I got, you know, kind of in the hopper that I'm, that I'm working on that I'm like, all right, I don't think anyone will find out about this for four days, so I can kind of keep it keep it low. Oh, hey, let's do one of them. Yeah. Hey, let's do, do one of them. Let's, let's try it. one of those right right here. All right. No. Oh, 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 dude, oh, my. One time. You guys can't keep a secret. No, you're it's right. Not true. You're 100% right. I'll tell you, the, the real problem with you guys, for real, is like, <laughs> this has the feel of like uh, – one of those basement podcasts, you know, like where people kind of just hang out in T-shirts and they kind of tell all and they curse a little bit. Uh, except you got too many subscribers for it to actually be that. So you really screwed yourself. It is large. Yeah, we we have learned quickly, and I have learned quickly that if it is said, there is a good chance whoever you said it about is going to hear it. Yeah. So kind of watch it, but you know, hey, that's business, baby. That's business. Baby. What do you got, AJ? Yeah, Ian, so, okay, I'm putting myself back. Like, you say I was a college kid, and I want to break in. I want to be an insider. Like you, you've created an industry with what you do. What would you? What kind of advice would you give a young kid just graduating college that wants to – he wants to be the next Ian Rappaport? Yeah, I would say the most important thing is to focus on trying to tell people something they don't know. Like, that's – of all the things I ever try to do, of all the things, it is tell people something they don't know. Try to educate, try to report, try to give them something new. If they focus on, there's so many like hot takes now and so many like look at me media opinions and it's not my job. I also don't love it, Uh, except obviously from you guys who have great opinions, but everyone else sucks. Yeah, yeah, there you go. go. It did feel like you were talking about us potentially. (laughs) I would say that's the main thing is like focus on telling people something they don't know. That's how we all doing this really weird job. It can be of actual service to people. And it used to be writing and then it was blogging and then it was Twitter and now it's Twitter and TV and it's all kind of the same. Um, just focus on educating, you know? Uh, can you educate me on this? You've talked to a lot of coaches. You said Sean Payton's a guy that you won't talk to, but have the coaches – complained mightily to private or to you guys about this mask hundred thousand dollar two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine and is are the coaches genuinely pissed off about that or are they like yeah we just got to get better or we'll just pay the fines i think it's 
it's nobody likes the fine. I mean, those fines for coaches. I mean, that sucks. Big um, because it's literally. Um, you show my competitors tweet. That's cold, man. Um, <laughs> oh, Foxy! Hey, that's because. Hey, yeah, what's up? <laughs> <Foxy>? <laughs> yeah, he literally. Give me a Tom Pelissero tweet. Had it at the same time. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's Evan Fox, by the way. If you got any detrimental Detroit Fire. Lions news, you can yeah, handle yeah, him right now. Ian, that's business, baby. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <Still> fired. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think with the coaches, it's more of like. It's just the way of the world. Like, it's the same reason that famous people or players or coaches can't just do whatever they want because people might find out, you know, if you're someone who loves to frequent a a club, uh, you probably can't do it in COVID because life is just not like that now. And I think the mask is the same way. Like, the coaches acknowledge they have to wear them and everyone is watching them wear them. And they're both important, but I really feel like the symbol is, is... America's watching these guys in the yeah. sideline. They should be wearing masks. Yeah, we honestly. agree. They yeah. really should. It's optics. We all know that. But it's it's, it's, I, it's okay. But to right. win games, I think it's going to be I, – I think coaches are going to be like, I get it. We are an example. But I would just like to win a fucking game and talk to the guy yeah. if I could. Go ahead, Diggs. Uh, Devontae Adams, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, George Kittle. You got any information on those guys playing this weekend or Ooh. not? Michael Thomas. Uh, okay, Michael so Devontae, I think he has a – Chance, but not a great one. Um, I mean, he could play. Like, if this was a playoff game, I think he could play. But it's week three or whatever, and it has the feel of them kind of holding him back. We'll see what happens. We're a couple days away. It has the feel of them holding him back. Julio, I am never going to rule him out ever until it gets to, like, Sunday at, like, 12, (laughs) you know, 1130 when the inactives are due. Um, It is a real injury. Like, that is – the re-aggravation was not good. But he's one of the best receivers of all time. Like, if he can possibly get out there, he will. Um, Michael Thomas, the time frame on his high ankle was two to four. This would be the two. So he probably should miss this game. Um, I know originally missing two games was what they imagined. Like, could he fight his way on and limp around? Yes, he could. Uh, I don't think they'll allow him to do that. Um, so I think that's one where my gut says Michael Thomas doesn't play, um, okay. but we will see. And what was the other one? Kittle, Galladay. George Kittle, Galladay. Kittle. Ga- Galladay's going to be good. Um, he's back. I mean, he's, you know, barring a setback or whatever, he's he's probably going to be fine. Um, missed a couple weeks, but I think good. Kittle, my gut says he probably plays. He's got a bone bruise and he's got an MCL, which is, <laughs> you know, two fairly serious things in the same knee. But missed two weeks last year with the same injury, but a little worse. So this is not as bad. So my guess is Kittle plays this week. All right, Nick Mullins. Go back and see how I did. Nick Mullins is going to be slinging it. Yeah, this is kind of like you being like one of us and guessing games. Like, for him. Well, let me guess these inside stories. (laughs) Uh, So you got Devontae is doubtful, basically. Julio Jones, who knows? Michael Thomas, since we're at two of the two to four weeks, probably not. Galladay is all the way back. And you think Kittle plays because it's not as serious as it was last year. Is that a perfect run? Yeah. There you go. You can see how my scoreboard did. Oh, hey. Hey, now, Foxy might also check your scoreboard versus somebody else's just True. because he's a little bit of an <laughs> asshole there. Oh, Ian, I just wanted those secrets. So once you give us the secrets, I will only use your tweets. That's him, though, by wow. the way. That is Evan Foxy's job right there. So I'm sorry he did I mean, that sounds like a, a very difficult job to get, um, and he does a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> it is Fuck. tough. Fuck off.
AJ hey, Ian, what are you allowed to do? I guess there's no, I doubt there's any legal ramifications, but okay, everyone knows back in the day, you used to say you were a lawyer, you used to go, if you're an ambulance chaser, you can go take care of the nurses and people in the ER so you get these clients that they drive them to you in your law firm. For you as an insider, how do you somehow persuade these coaches and front offices and scouts to give you information first before your other competitors? Yeah, uh, not money. Um, thank God, because I would probably end up going broke. Um, <laughs> a lot of it is, I mean, there's basically two different ways. There's like, all right, whenever I have info, you're my guy, I'll give it to you. You know, I get a bunch of those. Schefter's got a bunch of those. Like, when this person has news, you're the person I trust because we have a relationship and you're going to put it out fairly or whatever it is. Like, I'm going to go to you and we have some of those. I would say that's probably like 30%. 70% is me hearing a rumor tracking it down, seeing what's right, calling a bunch of people. And then when it's right, the people involved sometimes will be like, okay, this is going to happen. But if you report it now, it might not happen. So you will break it as soon as it's done. Like that happens, you know, probably more times than not. Where like you find out about something, you get in touch with the people who are involved and they make sure you break it because you didn't screw them over by reporting it in the middle. Well, I want to let you know, Ian, you've always done right by us. We appreciate you so much. Uh, I follow you. Foxy doesn't. We will change that for your next visit. <laughs> you look amazing. Do great on television. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, insider for the NFL Network and a man who is looking to go five for five on predictions of players. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. I just want to let everybody know that the Times, which is based in London, uh, and it says the best of our journalism, they have 1.4 million followers. I believe they are a big J journalism operation. Mm -hmm. They just released a study that said people with large thighs or wide hips are less likely to die early. Wow. Rest in peace, Foxy. I don't know if this is true. (laughs) Rest in peace, Foxy. How does that make any sense? What do you mean? How does it make sense? I think I'm living forever. Uh, That's what this thing just said. I'm around here forever. The Times. Oh. They're not a joke, by the way. This oh. company right here is not a joke. They're based in London. See, Never heard of it? How's that make any sense? I mean, hey, I'm not saying you, Pat, but I'm saying if you have larger thighs, that might mean you're a little more obese. No, no, and then no. You're no. Not oh, whoa, dude. Whoa, I'm not saying you. Oh, Are you fat? I didn't saying say no. stomach. I'm just saying. Uh, you scumbag. You are a scumbag. Never ends with this guy. Did you see what he did to Rappaport? I had to dunk on him. You know what's good news is? good teammate. You know what's good news is for all of us that you've been rude to? You have tiny little thighs. Oh. In tiny little hips. And, hey, you might be right. Yeah, what you're saying, I'm going to take what the study said. So maybe we won't have to deal with it as long as we would have to deal with him if he had oh, a nice I, yes. set of thighs Sorry that potentially looked like he walked somewhere in his life. Yeah. He I'm acts like insiders soon. just grow on trees and we can just get whatever, whoever on this. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Anyways, congrats to me and to AJ. We're living forever. Zito, shout out to you as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, joining <laughs> us now is a man who I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know if he has childbearing hips or not. I have no idea. All I know is he's one of the smoothest athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. Host of the Man to Man Pod, a man who's in the NFL for a long time, big old brain. He's going to give us a lock for an over under on pass yardage on tonight's game of Magic versus Mania, ladies and gentlemen. Darius Butler. Hey, I don't know. Oh, I look a little gray here. No, clear on your yeah, you look good on this side. Know that right. on your side it might be bad. That's because you got like three kids currently in Zoom classes going on. Yeah, throughout the man, day. it's it's brutal. They're actually done now. I got one. I got my middle schooler. She's still in class. But it's it's brutal, man. 
Hey. I gotta be. I, I gotta be zero over here. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm not an IT guy at all. <laughs> well, uh, no. I'll tell you what. I think a lot of families are currently battling through what you're going through, and I think teachers might be getting a lot more respect than they've ever been given. But also, I think internet is at a point where a lot of houses are kind of stressed uh, out. Yeah. But we appreciate you joining us, Darius. Sure. Uh, tonight, tonight there's a big matchup. It is the Magic versus the Mania. Woo! It is the Fitz Magic, and it is the man who potentially is going to have the same exact career path as Ryan Fitzpatrick in Gardner Minshew mania. Whoa, You've whoa, got a whoa. chance. Oh, you don't think so? No, I, I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I don't like that comparison. Whoa! I don't, I don't, I don't want to give him that career path. I mean, I, I think he's a solid. He's a solid young quarterback, man. I mean, Fitzpatrick had a good career. Obviously, bounced around a lot, and I feel like. It always got to some point where Fitz Magic came out and he made believers out of the front office, made believers out of his teammate, got paid again somehow, gets a start. But uh, I don't, I don't want to put that. I don't want to put that on Mitchell yet. Oh well, it seems like he is in the exact same position that Fitzpatrick <laughs> has been in a lot of times, where the team isn't really trying to win. It feels like he's just a stopgap quarterback. And Gardner Minshew has been able to win True. some games here with this team, just like Fitzpatrick has been able to do in the past. But tonight, we're not here to talk about our thoughts. We're not here to talk about AJ's thoughts. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about your thoughts on who will pass over and under a certain amount of yards, so we can lock that thing up because your big brain has studied the film. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to go with go with Minshew, man. Minshew mania. Over? Remember the over. Oh. Over. He's oh. going over. He's going over, man. And they're doing a good job on offense. Um, keeping making our uh, defenses stay balanced, respecting the run. They've been running the ball well, but uh, the Dolphins are last in the league in the past. Um, Byron Jones is out, so you'll have a rookie stepping up, taking a lot more snaps in his place. Um, and, and Minshew, I mean, they, those guys could be two and zero right now. You know, they, they went against, uh, they went toe to toe with a tough uh, Tennessee team in the defense last week, and uh, he's making a right throw. I think he was like ten for fourteen on third down. That's something you always look at yeah. as a quarterback, as far as how to keep moving it. So. Um, I'm going with them, man. Their kicker's out, too, so they may go for it on more fourth down. So, um, you know, we got some more four-down territory plays in action, so I'm uh, looking forward to it. So, just so everybody is listening, he picked Minshew over 264.5 yards on tonight's game. You can currently get that at minus 110. Normally, when you're saying that type of thing, you also believe that they're going to win the game then, too, huh? I do. Oh, I do have some concerns, bitch. though. No. Chalk, Chalk is out. Uh, he's been ruled out, I believe. Um, Lambo is also out there, kicker. We also we all know how important kickers are. So you have a rookie kicker in there for them uh, on prime time, and we we know how the kicking game has been so far. So I'm picking the Jags. I'm still, I'm still going with them. Hey, D. But I got a question on what the, the Dolphins secondary could possibly do to help protect these guys a little bit. Last week I mentioned earlier in the show. There's some free runners down the field against the Buffalo yeah. Bills, which you don't see that happen a whole lot in the NFL. You you want to see a coach go crazy, let a, let a free runner go, let alone have multiple like they did. What can they do, I guess, schematically to help these guys out? Um, you know, they play a lot of men, and they play a lot of men, and uh, especially in third-down situations. The guys just got to do a good job beating traffic. I think uh, Tennessee playing against Jacksonville actually last, uh, last week. They did a good job navigating those picks, getting around. That's how you avoid those free runners. Guys just been on the same pre-snap been on the same page pre-snap so that's what Flores got to have his guys doing man just communicating been on the same page it's not really about the calls it's really about it always comes down to execution man so and like I said we're going to be missing a guy like Byron Jones um I don't think Minshew is uh Josh Allen by any stretch but uh right now at least but um they got to tighten up and I think they will but 
I still like you think, Minshew. Hold on, hold on. Just Easy. so, just so, Josh Allen better than Minshew. Minshew better yeah, than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sure. Absolutely, that's the ranking. Josh Allen, Minshew, oh, Fitzpatrick. Diva, you're just slaughtering our office. Right Who knows where two is? We need to see two get out there, man. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking Never for. Been so I don't know if is the short week on the defensive side of the ball as much of a big deal as it is on the offensive side of the ball because on the offense on these Thursday night games everybody's like they're basically going to run whatever they already have in they're not like they're going to be game planning super crazy is the defensive side of the ball the same exact thing could being a simpler defense be good for the Dolphins who struggled last week against the Bills uh I mean it's it's, it's it's a short week but it's so early in the season you're still trying to figure out what you're even good at you know what kind of calls you like in what situation so the short week I mean you just get out there and play especially coming off a loss um, you just, it's, it's, it's good to get out there sooner and play. And then, you, you know, you have that long weekend ahead. But um, it, I just I just think it, I think it'll be good for the defense. They'll, they'll be out there and just get out there and play. It's not going to affect them too much when it comes to game planning. But uh, they're still trying to figure it out, man. We're early in the season. These guys still trying to figure out who's good, doing what against who. They won't see Cam. They won't see Josh Allen. Now they'll have a guy who's going to be in the pocket. So maybe it'll be a better situation for them. Hey, you mentioned, Tua, when do you think – if any time this season, when do you think they throw him in? And shouldn't they do it soon? I mean, I think if you were in that locker room, I would want to see him out there, honestly. Um, like you said, like Pat said, you know, we, you kind of just see Fitzpatrick, especially at this point in his career, as a stopgap. So if we have the future potentially in our locker room already, we've seen what he's done the last few years in the SEC. Um, so if he's healthy, I think after that, you know, we break the season up in like four quarters pretty much. I think after that first four games, if they go in there, you know, one and three or oh and four, you know, a lot of people, the fan base, the locker room, probably ownership, the front office is going to want to see uh, two out there if he's healthy, obviously. In the secondary, when you see a rookie quarterback, you know you can disguise shit and everything. And he's not going to learn that unless it comes through experience. Like, for instance, Air Bear gets dropped into the game moments beforehand because a doctor punctures Tyrod Taylor's lung. Wow. And, and I thought that that potentially helped Air Bear's state of mind. Like, without having to think about it all week, he just got dropped in. Hey, you just kind of go in there. If you're in the secondary and you know that a rookie quarterback's going to be there. What are some things that you do to kind of fuck with their life? Uh, you want to you want to mess them up post snap as much as possible because they're kind of programmed, and you know, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator can talk to them or whoever the play call is can talk to them about fifteen seconds up to that snap, and they're trying to help them out as much as possible. Uh, whether it's getting the protections on point, oh, I see a single high, okay, check this alert. So if the later that you can hold disguises and move kind of post snap once the ball is in his hands and they're dropping back, and that quarterback has to be on the same page as receivers, um, the better you can do, and that's when you can take advantage of, of young and uh, rookie quarterbacks who just haven't seen a ton of looks. Like, you haven't seen a bunch of looks. They haven't seen um, different disguises versus different. We're on the same coverages, but just different blitzes or two guys just switch assignments. So um, you can fool young quarterbacks like that. Well, you also have to, if you're the offensive coordinator, you have to get out of the huddle. If you think how much of a uh, it would help a young guy out, if you can speak till there's 15 seconds left in the play card, if you break the huddle at 27 seconds or somehow, if you can somehow do yeah. that and have that. Oh, he can. The quarterback can be at the line for twelve seconds, listening to his coach tell him, "Like, hey, this is what they're showing right now." Exactly, exactly, man. So it, it's going to come up. But and a lot of these guys are coming from, uh, especially when younger. They play better in the no no huddle situation. You saw Burrow do a lot, do because that's what a lot of these guys are running on the college level. And it's just you're just playing, you're just reacting. And as a defense, when you're no huddle, when guys are getting out of the huddle, like AJ said, get to the line of scrimmage. You kind of have to simplify your calls. You can't run a bunch of exotic things. You have because we all have to be on the same page first and foremost. So the more you keep that tempo, or just switch the tempo up, 
um, you can definitely help out uh, younger quarterbacks like that. Darius, there's a report that Jalen Ramsey was studying the techniques of uh, opponents' uh, cornerbacks to help his own receivers. Is that a common thing that uh, cornerbacks do, or is Jalen Ramsey just like a whole different animal? Or was that completely overblown? <laughs> no, I, I think that's a great job by him, being a great teammate. I think a lot of guys do it, for sure, especially like veteran guys. Once they're kind of comfortable in their role, they're comfortable in their cell, they feel like they have their situation under control. Um, now I can get to the point where I can go and say, hey, you know, this is what he likes to do. Or I played with this guy here. Or I know this coordinator. I know how they coach up certain techniques. So um, this is how you guys can attack that. Guys do that every every week. Uh, even I'm sure that happens on special teams. You know, special teams, guys, because guys bounce around. We move around so much. Um, same coaches, same techniques, same schemes. So a lot of guys do that. But uh, definitely hats off to Jalen for that. Deba, there are several marquee receivers who are doubtful to play this weekend. Uh, As a D-back or from like a coaching perspective too, when you see like a guy like Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas or Julio Jones isn't playing, how much does that affect the the game plan going into the game? Oh, that changes everything. That changes absolutely everything because um, those are guys that those are guys that change the math. You have to account for those guys with at least two guys. So um, that, that goes into coverages, the third down plan, uh, short yardage, what calls can we play in short? If there's a third and one, can I just leave my corner out there one-on-one with Devontae Adams, or do I want to uh, give up this 47-yard bum with a one-on-one? So that affects everything. Um, we have a dynamic receiver um, you know, on the, pay, on the level of like a Devontae Adams. That, that changed everything for the coordinator and for the DBs because um, some guys, if you're expecting that one-on-one matchup, you know, say I'm following Devontae and now he's not playing, now I'm going to probably be doing something different and I may have been practicing all week. So um, it could be positive or negative, but uh, I would, as a defensive coordinator, defensive player, I would much rather have Devontae Adams on the sideline in a sweatsuit. Are you, so, so let me get this straight before we end this conversation because you have been quite a damper on the move. <laughs> I thought for sure tonight was going to bode well for Fitzmagic. You're saying tonight actually going to be a good night for Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, minus three. I know you don't do the spreads, but minus yeah. three tonight at home. You think Gardner Minshew is going to light it up, huh? I think he's going to light it up. Man. I think their Fuck. team is confident, man. Their team is confident. And nobody – you know, when nobody nobody expects you to be anything, nobody expects you to win any games, kind of like we came into that uh, Lux rookie year. You know, 32nd in the power rankings, tanking for – you know, that can kind of rally guys up. And I feel like Gardner is that type of player, that type of leader um, that guys will follow. And he's got a young group around him. And um, I think he could be, uh, you know, the face of that franchise for years to come. Okay. All right. Maybe. Right, this magic. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> a man who has a big brain that has been quite a damper here, a stud and host of the Man to Man podcast, which I would recommend listening to. It's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go Heat. Oh. <laughs> Tyler Eero, by the way, just a legend, D-Butt. Um, <laughs> The uh, that was that was disheartening to hear that. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to be all over the Fitz Magic train. I honestly, he's been so hot. I mean, he's got to get cold at some point. Right? Oh, might as well start with the Magic. No, I, Darius. Oh, you're talking about Darius. Yeah, I, AJ. He didn't even think about saying they're going to drop in the zone like you referenced. He said like, "Hey, Beefalo's defense is man to man D. Is that something that happens? Do teams switch from man to man to zone, or is it like, hey, this is our team. This is what we are." Well, yeah, I mean, there's every team has kind of like their staple of what they can do, but you have to adjust on the fly as you have your, your star corner go out. You have different guys coming in and out of the lineup, and you got to see how you're getting exposed. And if I didn't feel good about my one-on-one matchups on the outside, I would. you're not going to completely overhaul your defense, but in earlier situations when it's not in third down, I'd be like, hey, we might need to 
we don't need to have some zone blitzes here. We might need to call some cover three. I don't know if they're a Tampa two team. I know Flores it, coming from Green or from New England. They they love to match up, but everyone kind of matches up on third and short, third and medium. I, I would say for sure, but. I don't know. I would just want to protect those guys from those free runners. I mean, that's just thanks. I was riding high. Every single human I've talked to today, including you, is like, hey, Fitz Magic is going. Magic, and then a man that is on a heater right now. He is on a hot streak. Yeah. He's like, no, going the complete opposite direction. I, I'm pumped to watch the game. By the way, this was a game that AJ yeah. Hawk made fun of early, but yep, now I am pumped about it. Let's see what the crowd is saying. Uh, Zito, what is the poll that you've been running at Viva La Zito? With over 17,000 votes, no well, big deal. Hey, no big, no deal. big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, Fitzmagic versus Minshew Mania tonight. Who do you got? Fitzmagic has 25, 25.6%. Minshew Mania has 74.4%. Not great, AJ. Oh, Let's get to the good. phones here to hear what they're thinking. Let's go to Nick in Minnesota. What's going on, Nick? Not much. How's it going? Not too shabby. How are you? Good. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to my brother, Tim Messenger. He plays Division II football in Ohio. Hmm. Um, but my question is... Uh, do you think the Minnesota Vikings can do what the yeah, They're not playing. Division two is not playing football, so he's not playing football right yeah. now. I know. Well, I mean, he's, he's going there. Sorry about that. Let's go, Tim. Proud of you, Tim. I don't know if they're ever going to come back. No. Is D two football going to be able to survive? They all might be dead. I hope. Well, he's got he's got a three nine, so he's trying to he's trying to transfer out to Division one, maybe. He ran a four. I mean, Division football program cannot say that. Division three football. Sorry, Nick. Congrats to Tim. We're proud of him. Hold on, no, Nick. I would like to make sure Big this doesn't Nick. become like a hey congratulations story call time though because yeah. Yeah. like Tim deserves it obviously big time football yeah, is definitely. good but I don't want to set the precedent that we would like everybody to congratulate every human that they potentially know who, who accomplished something on a phone call <laughs> they get on the show you know what I mean mm-hmm. but congrats mm-hmm. to Tim we're pumped for him good, good for hey, Tim well, well thank you but my, my question is, is uh, because if I that continues to happen yeah, everybody is accomplishing think. something at yeah. some point in their <laughs> life that they know somebody that they, they could congratulate a lot of people going to school right now and I would well, 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 not, well, not, oh, not a lot of people go to school, actually. Oh. And that's what I'm talking about. We congratulate the guy who's not playing yeah. football this particular fall because <laughs> of COVID. And if he doesn't play football in the future, did we just waste a congratulations on somebody that isn't happening? And are we breaking Tim's heart? Yeah. Because now a bigger show yeah. is recognizing that he's not actually playing football. That is why we can't set the precedent. But congrats to Tim. We are pumped for him playing D2 football. Shout out to Tim over there in Ohio. Let's go, Tim. What do you want to talk about, man? Um... Do you think the Vikings can go from 0 and 2 uh, and do with the Giants in 2007 and then get back to the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl, sir? I picked the Vikings yesterday to be the 0 and 2 team. That is going to be great. Ty says a hard no because Aaron Rodgers playing football at a different level. (laughs) Shout out to Tim, maybe playing football at another level. But uh, AJ, what do you think there? You think the Vikings are going to be able to get it back together? They stunk early last year. They had teams falling apart, but they have a different team this year, different outcome. Who knows? I think they're going to be able to turn it around. Personally, I'm not 100 sure if they become the Giants. Giants ain't going to run like that, but I think they will play much better football than they have played in the last couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be better than they have. Kirk Cousins has to be better than he has through the first two games. I know Anthony Barr going down at the linebacker position is not not a great thing for this defense, but uh, yeah, they're going to turn around. I just don't know how much. What is that? Like, does that mean they go eight and eight? Would people be happy with that? Yeah, I no, definitely not. No, they want to play. Yeah, they would not be happy with that. AJ, you knew that. What do you even? What are you I'm doing? just asking a question. Like, I don't, I don't, it's all about it, managing expectations. What have the expectations for the Vikings changed drastically through the first two weeks? Because before the season, everyone's like, yeah, they're set up. This is great. You know, NFC North is a powerhouse. Here we go. They're going to challenge the Packers and everything. And now they start out 0-2. Did everyone's expectations instantly drop? Yeah, Kirk. 
Yeah, Kirk, I, I, Kirk. I don't know. Dude, I mean, this is why it's so hard to have a daily show about football. <laughs> because a team could look the complete opposite one week from now. Yeah. And then the week following, they're the complete opposite game. They're back. They, they're back to being good. It just You have no idea what's going to happen. And that's what Aaron Rodgers was saying. Hey. Hey, guys, why don't you relax a little bit? Okay, we don't even know what we are yet, which I should have followed up with him. Like, well, does that mean you guys could stink then because you're playing good right oh. now? Because if you're saying a team that's bad could be good, then you must also be saying that a team that's good could be bad in a few weeks, let alone who knows what the injuries are going to come to any of these teams. But, hey, that's Daily Show, baby. We just got to ride the wave. Yeah. Gotta ride the wave. Let's go, to, let's go to Jordan in Indiana. What's going on, Jordan? Oh no! Cat's got his tongue. Hey, Guzzy. What's going on, dude? Great to hear from you. <laughs> What's going on, boys? Is Jordan, a truck. I'm sorry about that, man. I had you on the Raycons, man. I freaking had you muted. I didn't want you here. Uh, I didn't want you here. My freaking boss bitching at me for being on the phone. Yeah, smart, Jordan. <laughs> smart. We appreciate you. That's what the E25 Everyday Earbuds are all about, too. Yeah. Wear them so your boss doesn't bitch at you for being on the phone. Yeah. What do you want to talk about, brother? <laughs> Hey, I heard this stat uh, just the other day. Three of the 32 kickers in the NFL have come from Georgia State. Is Georgia State the next uh, school for the brand? Kicker University. I did not know that stat. Very impressive. Good for them. Tyler Bass, I believe, the kicker up there in Buffalo, who Mm -hmm. has been an absolute stud. I believe he's from Georgia State. Where's that Jack Fox dude from? I don't know where he is, but he's dominating right now up there for the Detroit Lions. I have no idea who he is. There's a lot of young kickers and punters kind of taking over. There's also a lot of young kickers and punters stinking right now. So just like, hey. Just like the teams, you can't judge anybody until about week four or five. That's right. Exactly. Who, who will survive? Who will have a job? AJ, Cam Newton, John Gruden described him as a power forward. Uh, he says he calls him Slam Newton, which, by the way, classic Gruden. We miss him on Monday Night Football for sure. That is going to be a matchup that I think I am very, very excited for. Patriots, Raiders, John Gruden, Bill Belichick. Who gets the best of who? I think it's going to be a lot of the run game. And I think the under is at 47. Over under is at 47 and a half. Feels like the under is the right bet there. But do you like what the way? John Gruden described Cam Newton there, Slam Newton. I guess what exactly does that mean, calling him Slam Newton? And he said he's playing like a power forward, playing Play quarterback. He's in there just uh, banging, you know what I mean? Power forward now in the NBA is a potential point guard, too. He could be a point forward, which is kind of what Cam Newton is. Yeah. Just that he's a powerful big guy who can cause problems at the line if he has to. Dunk, too. And dunk. Yeah, he, he creates tons of issues for you. And I think in that offense with New England, what they're doing, how they're doing some zone read stuff, it's it's a scary thing to try to think about stopping that dude. I remember playing against Cam Newton when he was a rookie, I believe, and he was – is he still with Under Armour? Bless you. I don't know yeah. if he still is. Bless you. Yeah, he's still with Under Armour. Yeah. He had the, remember those super high-top mm-hmm. Under Armour oh, yeah. cleats that they had for a little while? Yeah. They, they looked like they went all the way up to his knees, and the guy was about eight feet tall and weighed 245 pounds probably and absolutely shredded. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is the quarterback. Oh, okay. This is uh, – Hopefully there's not a whole lot of guys like this coming up in the college ranks that we're going to face week in and week out because he is an absolute freak. And I think with all the you know, all the reps he has under his belt and now the, the tutelage of McDaniels and Belichick, yeah, I think they're set up for a lot of success. And I think, I think they find a way to get it done against the Raiders too. Vinatieri and I um, had this conversation the first time. He was a rookie and he was warming up and we are on the sideline. And normally you watch your team warm up and then you kind of look at the other team. As soon as Cam came jogging on the field, me and Vinny, both, we just crossed our arms and just looked at it and we're like, what the fuck is that thing? (laughs) It was a defensive end. He was a defensive end who was dancing, celebrating, uh, throwing the ball, catching, doing everything. And we're like, 
is oh that guy's about to just change football right there. If that yeah. guy if that guy can figure out football, that guy is going to dominate football. And then a couple of years later, he was in MVP contention. They were in the Super Bowl. It's like oh oh hey some bitch figured it out. Didn't they? <laughs> and then now he's back playing his best football yet. I mean that is going to be a good game, the Raiders and Patriots. And I think I do uh, side with you on that one with the Patriots winning that game. I also like the under same game parlay. We'll be able to hit that on Fanduel. Can't wait for that. Uh, but that's Cam Newton. This resurgence, rebirth of Cam Newton is going to be outrageous. Raiders, one of the teams that probably could have signed him, even though they have Derek Carr, because they got Marcus Mari- Mariota, Mariota for seventeen million dollars oh, in two years. Yeah, eight million dollars a year. That guy's getting <laughs> what an I, idiot. Cam Newton probably has a little check mark on it. Maybe. Boy, I'm happy I called that guy. Oh, you, you call me hey, Slam Newton? Any, is that right? Are there any bets out there for which head coach is going to be more compliant with the mask rule? Oh, oh, they're both not going to do it. No. Belichick on the nose and then Gruden's underneath his chin most oh. of the time. Hey, I'm trying, man. I've had the virus. Belichick's been good. I, I got the antibodies. I uh, mean, hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Let's go to Justin in South Carolina. Hey, Gruden's good game caller. Like, his game strategy, he doesn't get enough credit because of how good of a personality he is. It kind of camouflages Hello? his actual football intellect. You know what I mean? You're 100% right. Justin, what's going on, bub? Uh, not much. I just wanted to congratulate you and Diggs on becoming the undefeated uh, world U-ball champion. Hey, that's an inside joke, but I would like it to be known that Diggs and I are <laughs> the champions. They're not right undefeated. They're what would you like undefeated. to talk about, Jesse? You can't be undefeated in a game that's a carnival game because you're going to lose every once in a while, but Diggs and I have been the champion he more often undefeated. than anybody yep. else. What would you like to talk about, Bob? Uh-huh. Twice. <laughs> I was just, well, on that same team, I was just... Uh, Want to know where I could apply to be Connor's new teammate? I mean, I'm in a wheelchair, so taking too many steps would never be a problem. Uh, shooting might be an issue, but at least you wouldn't have to worry about covering up uh, Foxy's PR messes. Well, I'll tell you what, Foxy does have PR message. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, there is a game that has captivated our office. It is a carnival game where you have this little small little ball, a nine-foot hoop, basically, that's kind of smaller. It's impossible to shoot. It's like at a state fair, if anybody's ever been there. The games are impossible, like circus games. And Diggs and I have really taken a kin to being great at this game. We're the champion. And Foxy started blaming everybody but himself and the entire thing. Justin, we need to get you up here to play, man. I'm going to be honest. Uh, you would you'd probably be better than Connor at the game if I had guess. I don't know much sure. about you, but yeah. the fact that you said shooting will be a problem, Connor has that and then some as a problem. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I, Foxy might be looking for well, a new teammate as well, Justin. Well, you would never have to worry about me cheating. You know, I know he is a Patriots fan, so that's... Oh! oh! Wow. I like blow, that. blow. You're just getting absolutely slaughtered on Jeez. this show. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? AJ, AJ, we got about a minute and a half before we got to get out of here. Do you have any final words for the people? I don't, uh, I don't have a whole lot, but I'm still confident in my choice tonight for Fitzmagic getting it done. I yeah! Think, yes. I think they're a team that the, the best is out in front of them still. Whether that's with Fitzpatrick or Tua, I think the Dolphins are gonna they're gonna grow into a solid football team. I love Darius Butler and his big brain. He's been very very hot in gambling, <laughs> but tonight I disagree with yeah! him. Yeah! I'm taking Magic over Mania. We might have to eat our words tomorrow. Thank you for listening. We can't thank you enough. You're great humans, honestly. Great great humans. Be a friend, tell a friend. We're back tomorrow for a feel-good Friday. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.